Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Today, we continue where we left off last time with Joe Justice as we discuss Agile at Tesla. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do so before listening to this one. A little bit about Joe before we start. Joe works globally as an interim executive for Agile organizations, bringing multinational companies twice the work in half the time. He's a TEDx speaker and a guest lecturer at both MIT and Oxford University in England. In 2006, he applied Agile to automotive manufacturing, founded Team Wikispeed, and set four world records. Joe joined Tesla in 2020, where he operated Agile at Tesla from the company headquarters. Let's welcome Joe back as we bring him on to explore Agile at Tesla. Hi, Joe. Thank you for being in another episode of our Agile Tales, where we're going to explore Agile at Tesla. Thank you, Munwei. Thank you, Jeff. It is my honor and privilege to collaborate with you again. Thank you so much. Let's dive right in. With regard to planning, what is the planning process? Who comes up with the mission, vision, and strategy? Who decides on the next strategy? Is that Elon? Or is that suggested by AI? As you had mentioned, there's a lot of AI. What about the other executives? Brilliant, JF, brilliant. I hope this is a part of this podcast that many current executives can enjoy and apply immediately. Elon came up with the master plan, as it's called, years and years and years back. For those of you who are intimately familiar, it's let's make an expensive niche product electric vehicle, use any proceeds from that to make a less expensive, less niche, still fairly luxury vehicle, use the proceeds from that, if any, to make a mass market affordable for everyone electric vehicle during that process, make environmentally friendly and sustainable, clean electricity more affordable for everyone. That is Elon thinking. Now, those guiding principles within that framework, it's pretty easy to decide between two or three or five options. Now, many people can self-organize around that mission. They can see of these two options, which is more on mission. Elon has updated the master plan several times. Now, anyone can talk to Elon. You're told that during your four-hour orientation joining the company. So anyone, including myself, has made suggestions to Elon about what the current master plan can be. And also AI makes suggestions to Elon. But I think the part of this that is easily exportable to almost any company is whoever's paying for it, whoever's bankrolling this stuff gets to pick. That's why the Musk companies work so well from an executive point of view, if there even is an executive point of view, it's not the board paying for it. The board is brought there to help curate Elon's vision because Elon's paying for it. If you have a company with board members that represent shareholders and they have a majority vote, you have a different dynamic and you can't make the types of vision-based play that the Musk companies do unless they all agree 
unless they all sign legal documents that say we are delegating and designating authority for a long-term vision. That's what B Corp made legal in the United States. So B Corp is actually a very in interesting investment vehicle. I haven't seen it used this way yet, but it could be, legally it could be. So that's a very interesting structure. It can allow even groups of investors without a primary investor vision holder, a very wealthy vision holder, it can allow just groups, of, it could allow crowdsourced investment to achieve what the Musk companies do. And I'd like to see companies take that on because it says you're not allowed to make decisions based only on short-term investment returns. It needs to be on vision. So you can create the vision. So Elon created the initial vision and then Elon as the primary funder continues to create the primary vision. Now, Elon has talked about taking a shell company or really it's not even a company. It's a company that does nothing called x.com. It's really a website, but it is incorporated. It's just the letter x.com. And having that be apparent for all the Musk operations, what that company would do, it doesn't today, but what it would do is audit that they continue to be on master plan as efficiently as practical. That's its only mission. It would have authority to audit these companies and reprimand or incent whoever the current leaders are. That's one of Musk's ideas to scale past Musk. So you could have any management team or collective in those companies potentially. And X.com holds them accountable, essentially as a B Corp, to being on the mission, not only for short-term growth or incentive. So that can work. The cool thing is X.com then can be outsourced to AI because it's not that difficult for some types of decisions to be audited as on mission or not. And the capability grows you know, by the minute as the algorithms are better trained. So that could become a pure machine learning play, but right now that's Musk. Wow. So in other words, from what I can gather, all the information about strategy comes on your phone on your day one and every day. And you get aligned that way then? I don't think we can self-manage without that. Agilists had this concept of complex adaptive systems and Scrum tried to make that come true at an unprecedented level. The scientific definition of a complex adaptive system, which all life is a complex adaptive system. It's the most successful willful organization we know of in nature, right? So you want to be a complex adaptive system. You can overcome adversity in that, what we call complex adaptive systems better than any other system, right? So it's what you want. To be that, you need to have a common goal across all elements of your complex adaptive system. Scrum calls that a product owner the elements of that system need to be able to make independent decisions in real time aligned with that goal. That's what makes it a complex adaptive system as opposed to a single entity, which is less robust. To be more robust, you have independent thinking entities, but they share one common goal. And to do that, you need a fast feedback loop. Was my decision good or not good? AI has now in companies that have invested in AI, uh, and for other companies, probably soon, made that finally possible. We could do Scrum in software before because we had some really easy to see, really quick to receive metrics like did it compile? 
So you could self-organize around, did it compile? When compile time was eight hours, that was harder. But now DevOps tools have really improved compile and deploy. Sometimes we know in less than 10 seconds if it compiled and passed all deployment gating tests sometimes for really good DevOps implementations. So now we can self-organize around that. We don't need management saying it didn't compile. I need you to fix that by Monday. I mean, you just see the red light, right? So you self-organize. Well, no wonder these systems started in software where we could build faster and faster feedback loops. And then with test-driven development and business-driven development and feature-driven development, we started to self-organize around more and more complex and interesting business goals to the extent that we could emulate them with software and get our red light, green light. Well, Tesla has really leveled up the game with these heat map style machine learning rapid feedback loops that everybody can see on your phone or on the monitors. And truly, I want to stress this point. Some of the people I worked with were arguably the best and brightest ever born. And some of the people I worked with were people no one else wanted to hire. Ex-convicts, no education, limited education, people with difficulty in any language, truly disabled people, disabled veterans, which absolutely we can applaud, and people who were born with deformities, mental, physical, and some of them were some of the most effective players in these teams. Part of why is because they now had a rapid feedback loop. They didn't have to wait for an interested manager to take them under their wing, who may not because they were ugly or whatever reason, whatever proclivity that might keep a manager from being less interested. And that's part of why Tesla has been rated by LBGTQ as the number one place to work in the world for what, 10 years running? Because AI feedback loop does not care about your gender preference, your naming preference, how you choose to dress, how you talk, your accents, what your ears look like, whatever. They just give you great feedback on if you made a decision that was helping the mission or not. So people that are interested in making a contribution, regardless of their background or work history, can come in and rock. That's part of why there's no like career path planning. That would actually only undermine the value of the process. For a lot of companies, they don't have this level of rapid feedback loop yet. So they do have career pathing and traditional management taking people under their wing. That's okay, but it is slower and it is preferential and it ends up giving biased raises and you have gender pay gaps and problems like that. An important takeaway for everybody is start trying to create test-driven development in rapid feedback decisions and automate that and make that real-time visible data for everyone. One of the fears would be, what if that information gets out? What if it leaks your machine learning feedback? You bought 10 robots and then it ended up being a net negative. Who cares? Who cares? If you're afraid of learning, if your primary mission at work is covering your butt and not looking bad, I think you're too afraid to grow. And you probably shouldn't be working at that company. You should probably be meditating on your values. Wow, I'm just blown away on multiple levels. Because on one level, talk about the expanded definition of diversity and inclusion here. On another level, it's about failing without retribution from management. And on another level, 
You don't need OKRs or KPIs. You get the feedback immediately, right? These ML tests, I would call them OKRs and KPIs, but yes, you don't have this leadership separate cast going out to a separate meeting from the worker bees and drinking nicer drinks than the worker bees do, deciding what the OKRs and KPIs are, and then coming back in their nicer cars and nicer clothes and announcing it. You don't have any of that. You have machine learning teams of people sitting on the factory floor with laptops who also work the machines. So they understand the context saying, oh, this will be more valuable to the mission if we can measure this easily. Let's figure out, can we measure this easily? I mean, that's where the KPIs and OKRs come from. But I would still call them the concept of governing key performance indexes and key performance measurements. But I agree with you. Many of us think KPIs and OKRs are handed down from this <laughs> leadership cast that drives different cars than everybody else or something. So that is just simply not needed. Wow. This is definitely a very different way of thinking. I need some time to wrap my head around that. Gosh, I have so many more questions. Yeah, unfortunately, we're running out of time. We need to wrap this up. Let's see if we can get Joe to come back again and discuss product development, design, and other questions we have. It would be my honor and privilege. If we're really lucky, a few other people who like to think about the system from any of the Musk companies will join, and you'll have more than one point of view. I'm lucky that I have a deep agile background, and then you drop this person into a Musk company. I was able to see and give words to things in agile terms, in agile business terms. Well, wouldn't it be awesome to have someone with deep UI or UX background or another agilist or someone from another efficiency background or, or something who within the limits of their NDA would like to share what they've seen. That would be phenomenal. I'd love to even share a session with them if we can find them. The issue is people tend to love the Musk companies and they stay. When you're there, it's so fun. I did not check email for a month because I didn't want to. I was like, what would that world possibly have to say to me? When you're in Tesla, your communications are direct to your phone. So for Tesla communications, I had them in real time. My essential functions were there. I didn't even use other apps on my phone. I just was in the Tesla tree. I think it's 24 apps. When people are still there, it's hard to get a hold of them for podcasts and whatnot because they just unplug. It can be all consuming and it's fun enough that you like it. That definitely happened to me. People didn't hear from me for a long time. <laughs> but if we can find anybody, that'd be great. Indeed, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much, Joe. Awesome, Joe. Thank you again. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Munwei. You're phenomenal. That concludes our discussion on another aspect of Agile at Tesla. Next time, we'll explore a different area of Agile Tesla. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com.